All right. Pete, nameless. You shall remain nameless. He said no. No last name on the pod, man. Can I sit uh, yoga style? Do whatever you got to do, man. Because, uh... <sighs> so you still live in Miami Beach, but you moved because you have so many problems with this place? Yeah. Saying? Yeah, Miami, man. Miami. I don't well, know, dude. It's a lot of energy, man. I work in hell. Yeah. Yeah. No, things, uh... Miami's a strange place, man. Like, a lot of bad things have happened in Miami for me. But then, like, some of the things I've always wanted in life that were, like, very important to me have gone in the right direction. Like, it's very, it's a very strange uh, paradox. Um, I feel like I've made more spiritual progress in Florida, but I've been more miserable in Florida. <laughs> I don't think you're alone. <laughs> I think a lot of people might have traumas in Miami Beach. <laughs> Party nights that went bad or more serious stuff. But like today, we were at South Point and someone, they came protesting um, the the civil unrest or the, or the basically the, the lack of respect for, for women in Iran. And they protested at South Beach. Um, and it was quite the dramatic like show. Like they brought doves and everything and like, it was right at sunset and like i mean it's like at one point we're like okay like we're, like we're, we were like okay kind of like we're the last ones to like be in that world but at the same time like are we the ones who can help the most like maybe in small ways you know and you have to ask yourself maybe there's yeah there's definitely some people that wonder how they can help that situation and so what i ask right now is the powerful is damn we are so spoiled in miami beach in miami and florida like how the hell can we help the world who's we barely can empathize because we're so spoiled here like heaven on earth like so how the hell do we help more of the world from our spoiled little spots like and yeah it is a little spot like that i have but it's my temple and everyone's free to make a temple of their own life and their own place and like treat their place that they live in as a temple with the same respect and cleanliness so what i think we can actually do for miami is pray more and you know, like also swing the tide with key charity work. Like, and so how does one do charity work from Miami Beach? Well, I'm about to find out. And guess what? It's about, it's about coaching maybe. No, it's not about coaching. It's about finding a way to give yourself virtually in some way. And, but also donate and, and care. And yeah, I guess how more people can donate and be generous when there's inflation, well, we all know inflation hits people at the bottom the most, right? So, like, people at the bottom are the ones struggling. Like, but the rich, we get richer. You know how it is. So, like, people are about here buying bullshit paintings, dude. Like, no offense to art. I, I love art. I'm an artist. I, I love museums. But there's some really, people are just dropping ridiculous money. And, like, where's God in all this? Like, there should be some donating to charity where, while we're spending all this money on art. I mean, look. There's the artists that make it to our Basel, and that's great that they get rewarded for all their years of work their whole life. Um, but let's just not forget God has a place in art as well, you know? And, like, I just feel like that used to be where most people, artists were employed, was, like, building the churches. It's oh. serious. How artistic are cathedrals in Europe? Like, artists used to build churches, and now they're building these pantheons of art, but how much of that is going towards the people? So I'm asking all these, all these venues that made ridiculous money from our Basel, where's the money going to help the world? 
from that. There should be a cut because it's like the new church, these little pantheons of art that they're putting up. So this is my big moment saying, you guys better pay to give, give, give a little bit to charity here. I'm talking about like 20% or something. This is my ask. And if you don't know how to do it, guess what? Give it to me. I'll yeah. figure out how to do it because I don't want to change one thing about my life. I love the life I've built. And it's really comes down to the neighbors, man. Like, coolest neighbors on the planet. <laughs> and that makes you feel so strong. And though, you can go run into Hollywood looking for neighbors, but at the end of the day, you can meet amazing neighbors in Miami Beach. You can meet amazing neighbors anywhere. But you're never as strong as the way you feel with your neighbors. Hmm. So that's why I host, look to host my neighbors about once a week. So your connectedness to the community is also experiencing inflation. It's just growing and growing. Is he calling me inflated? Okay. <laughs> no, no, I'm saying your 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 community. The community is people are um, you're meeting more people. I was making a pun on, on uh, inflation. Well, today at South Point was powerful. I finally did uh, with Ellie. I did the there's a there's a there's an acro move called uh, like uh, the throne. You put them on the throne and they look down at you with their chin like that. Mm. It was so hilarious. So, like, I finally had fun with Acro just because she pulled me right into it real fast. And um, anyway, like, I realized you have the most powerful moment at South Point is actually like the hour before the sun drop when the sun circle is no longer visible. So, like, I've been so late because of the time change. I've been like, oh, time change. I've been missing that moment. But now, this time, I actually went with like a full hour. And amazing stuff happened in the daylight, of course, where it would. So, like, you know, you can get bored eventually in the darkness just with some drums or whatever. But, like, when you have a chance to meet new connections with the light of God upon us within the sun, like, so we organized a little prayer session. We knelt and looked at the sun right before, right before, it's like saying goodbye to a friend. Well, you know, let, let, let's talk about this, right? Because you're, you're getting to this issue of um, what... What I let me say one thing, and it's you're going to see how it's going to connect. So, what I think is very kind of strange about Miami is like it's a very hippie culture, and it's a it's like a very Latin hippie culture, which I I grew up in not too far from here, but I wasn't, and I thought I was like I I thought I was familiar with Latin culture, and I come to kind of realize that I wasn't, but that's not the point. But so you have this like super super hippie culture. I mean, everyone I meet is is like spiritual quote-unquote and they do these things and the ceremonies and this and this and this and that and yoga clearly um but there's a certain and it goes to the iran thing and it goes to the, the charity thing where the, there's a certain conservatism like to, to be um you know it, it, it's a paradox because I've, I've lived in like san francisco for example in new york and there the the, the hippies are the liberals like they vote Democrat. Like you're never going to get them to vote Republican in a million years. And in Miami, you have this phenomenon. I hesitate to say it, but I'll do it anyways. Of, of like Republican hippies, which is just freaking weird, man. Like when you look at it, right? Like you're 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 from Europe, right? Like <laughs> it's a weird. liberal, like hi hippies are not conservatives. Like it's 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 so like I don't even know what to, I don't even know what to say about it, right? But like. It's really one of the, no one, no one really talks about that. And that's also part of the point, which is like, they're not interested in politics. Maybe like a little, a little bit with the, okay, there's a the hippie, look, or, hippie, if hippie means loose, then there's definitely the Republicans who like to feel like a, like a cowboy, like, like, you know, like just like no rules. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's a certain like cowboyish, like libertarian, yeah, cowboyish yeah. vibe that makes you feel free, wild and free. Like right. that makes you hippie-ish. 
So like, let's define hippie. Like, you have a certain idea of hippie. Hippie could be just as simple as being loose and, and about it. Like, like you know, I don't know, like hippie. But does hippie in, in, imply like friendliness towards all? Like hippie. I mean, I, <laughs> like it's a good point. I, I would define hippie as like, you know. <laughs> wearing the flowery dresses and talking about India and yoga and everybody's vegan. Everybody's a You're cycle. vegan. You're I the one asking me for vegan. I'm mostly vegan. <laughs> this guy, dude. <laughs> <laughs> when it, like, you know. <laughs> but, all right, I, I think we got to right, we gotta bring this conversation somewhere uh, because... But, but, no, like, I, I, look, you're talking... Okay, bottom line, yes, there's a lot of Republican Latinos, but they're mostly the Cubans who are scared of over libertarian or over liberalism, which is natural to, to say. So look, and that brings it all back to why there's always need for a bit of push and pull in any, any, and that's why inflation, we always, when we have it right, we're carefully guiding it like on a small increase. But like at the end of the day, like you always need kind of a push and pull or else there'll be socialism. So like, that's why Republican Democrat lock tie is actually the best thing for the universe. Like that, there's not one pow- one party in power with absolute power. No, like they're, and so it's necessary. It's just yeah. like a couple, even like, and that's why two things are always greater than one. And so there has to be a bit of a fight in Washington, you know, like, but you know what? That's why I don't live there or go there. But like, that's not what I'm about. But like, I respect people who do it and I feel calling into it, and I respect it greatly. I respect Biden a lot. I pray for Biden. Uh, I pray for his big smile. Like the guy is crushing it, dude. <laughs> You know, people were like, oh, he's old, and we don't know if he can do it, like, but like... you pray for him to smile, or you pray, I pray no, about Look, I'm about to teach, or... look, I'll teach you right now how you're supposed to pray. Does it get any better than oming down visualization of somebody smiling with the biggest smile you know they can smile, and sending that intention over to them to have a huge smile? What is better in life than a magnificent smile? Guess what? I don't even do it all day. A lot of times I'm mean mugging, you know, I got it, I, I got, you know, it's just, it's reality. Like, I, I'm not, me- we're not designed to be... Ah, la di da, all the time. No, we have to get yeah. shit done. We have to break, drop tension. You know, like, so we're not designed to be la di da all the time. But like, is there nothing better than to reach that point a few times a day and to intend other human beings to reach that point? So like, is there no better better way to pray than on big smiling faces and om it down? So like, I don't know why no spiritual leader has ever said that to people. Like, why do I have to be the first one to tell people to imagine big smiling faces and om it down and the om is powerful and looking at the sun at sunset is powerful? Why am I the first one to say this? Like, why have not the other spiritual gurus said this stuff? It's one of the most powerful things. More people imagining smiling faces, it just projects it. So if people remember one mantra for me, and this is, this is like the first thing I tell my life about students, the most powerful prayer you can say is about when you go about your day. May we project only the most positive of possibilities. Mm-hmm. Because the brain is an, an enormous projection machine constantly projecting scenarios and the best thing you can go for it is only the most positive of possibilities and very few i mean honestly you're, you're listening half the time so but when you do project maybe only the most positive of possibilities. so if more human beings wake up and start saying some of these mantras that i so that's when my book is really going to be the salvation i'm sorry to say it but like there's no other way to, to help people than a book that they can sit with a half hour with you and learn some valuable lessons so can I create a short enough, powerful enough book that really like has people spend a half hour with me and overcome something important in their life that was important? Like get them on a higher vibration of understanding. 
So the most powerful thing that happens is breakthroughs in the mind. Why? Because the mind gets to a new level of understanding and consciousness that affects a lot of the other little, like thousands of other decisions, micro decisions that happen in the day because of the new realization, the new perspective. And that's what going through tough times will teach people how to stay appreciative. But like, at the end of the day, new, new realizations are really powerful. So like my book is going to help a lot of people. And that's what's giving me power now. It's like, I'm all about compassion. How can this Uber driver learn from me? What does he need to focus on and improve? Like, everyone, what I realize is like everyone goes through the maze of life and gets stuck in different parts based on their genes. And so I can help them get unstuck in whatever part of the maze they're in. So I'm just trying to figure out where they are in the maze. Hmm. <laughs> I just came up with that one. <laughs> So, all right, can you can you do something to like deflate me because like this is well, a little you know, bit like rah rah like, rah. You what what you're um, I think of a something I learned in yoga, which is uh, you're, you're talking about the Krishna energy, which is the love energy, and um, you know there's different kinds of, of paths to enlightenment in the in the yogic system, and one of them is like the heart based, which is called bhakti. You know they focus on Krishna and. Different devotional yoga. Devotion, that's devotion, what I, right? I love that. that. That's what I, I basically the, the smiling faces is kind of like that. So guess yeah. what? People in India praying to to these figures of Krishna, Shiva, whatever, right? But those things, as, as awesome as they are, they're not as powerful as your mother's smile, because she's actually close to you, and when you imagine her smiling, it will affect the next time you talk to her. The next, if you met, if you visualize your mom smiling huge. The next time you talk to her, there will be new, some new energy created in that inner, in that conversation because of that intention that you set. So that alone, I'm showing you the scientific link of prayer is really a preparation. It's a cooking up and prepping in the kitchen for how you serve and how you present and how you show up with others. And so when you prep that showing up with big smiling intentions, I mean, there's no better thing. So basically, devotional yoga. Let's turn our devotion to our family and friends that we can uplift. And yes, when do I own the most? Let's be very clear. I'm the very ritual smoker. Like when I smoke, it's always spiritual. So like, yeah, it's something, sometimes I smoke less and I own less. It literally is correlated. So like, I'm just saying like all is forgiven, all has a place, all is meant for moderation. But yes, I do smoke and that's when I own the most. But like I do own in the sun without smoking. So like I don't need it, but I'm saying certain things can get you more in tune with your vibrations and, and whatever. But I guess all, all I'm saying is, even if you don't partake in these sacraments that I do, you can find a time in your day to own, to make that normal, to make that okay, to not be, feel weird about it. You can find a time to do that, and you will open your heart, and you will feel a lift, and it will be amazing. And it's best to do in the sun. Are you talking about om chanting? I'm talking about oming down smiling faces or, or intentions. Just the oming down of positive intentions that you seek to manifest. That is not being done enough. And if more people realize how, how scientifically effective it is it's not yeah, even a, it is well so this is like what you're, i'm going to translate what you're saying in a sense in the sense of like what you're saying is you have to have a focal point for your love yes focal point focal yes point huge that's why the sun like, is huge to respect the sun like yes. bring that back into your life like every certain i'm that i think a i even ask myself i say i pray not to when i send my four ohms is prayer the most powerful when you're leading communal prayers and people are repeating after you, you say four words, and then they say four words, you say four, and I realize it's like four words, four words, four words, four words. But whenever you're praying uh, you know, to God, basically you open your heart spontaneously to whatever comes out. And I forget, 
freaking forgot what were you saying before. Well, you know what's interesting, right? Like I did this like a few like a while back, um, where I did a meditation. And they said, you know, think of something that you really hold in like high regard. Oh, the focal point. The focal yeah, point. The focal okay, point. okay. So, so when I om down, I om from each om that I have four sacred ones, are for a specific person or situation. Even when a situation, if you want to help Iran, are you just going to go like om to Iran? No. You have if you get specific enough, you find a specific person that you can send love to. So like when I when when I'm watching the scene, I'm like, oh, how can I send love? I send love to Biden. I when I go to celebrities, I look for I Google images their smiling faces and I screenshot their like three top smiling faces, and then that's what I visualize. When I he's like, why not celebrities? No 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 like the president. I I send a lot of love to Biden too. He's been doing great too. Like. <laughs> they they got this love train back rolling, man. It was they were about to stop all the trains, but no, like the morning. Look, I have very few sources, so I read the Richard Rohr meditations in the morning, then the Bible, then I pop into social, see what's good, real quick. Then I go into the New York Times morning emails, the stress of the world, the problems of the world, and I go, I me mug, and you know, I empathize and a little bit, and then I dedicate my morning workout to the to the morning news. And guess what? It comes out of me in my afternoon, the way I talk with people. Like where I pray, what I visualize, but when you reach yeah. a peak, peak of prayer, is visualizing towards a specific person in a situation. Yeah. You can't get any more focal than that, and that's what respect for the sun is about—the focal point of that circle as a Eucharist. It's like a—it's a, it's a form of adoration. Is looking at the sun at sunset and realizing that host is sending you light and energy and photons. Scientifically, it's upping your vibe. Why, why not respect it more right before it drops? That Eucharist yeah. of sun. Yeah, I mean, you could look at it different ways, right? Like, you could look at it from the sense of there's a chicken and egg thing. So, like, can you be more loving? Can you can you do something to focus on something mentally that's going to make you more loving? You could you could look at some studies and argue, yeah, like you could you could take people's blood samples of oxytocin, which is like, you know, what what um, people feel toward their children and stuff. It's a hormone of yeah. bonding that mothers release and fathers. The touch hormone. Yeah. yeah. I think I released some. So, and, um, you know, I'm sure there's studies out there of people doing meditations on heart kind of oriented stuff and, and God and smiley faces. And, and you can probably measure their blood that the oxytocin goes up. And- All right, look, 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 let me stop you. So, yeah. It's not about proving anything. And that's what I've learned the most recently. Because <clears throat> I always was thinking about, oh, like hand strength, how you test longevity. Well, hand strength is actually true. But it's like not sexy because like it doesn't change that much on an everyday basis and like so like for example uh, me I know I'm most creative the more new journals in my phone I create every day I've had days where I create 20 30 new 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 notes just notebooks like ideas like projects but like that's my rate of creativity because I can track that on a graph and see when it goes up so in the mountains of the year I'm most creative and I, I create all kinds of things and then in the valleys I do a three day fast and I really slow my metabolism, which is like about to happen. So basically I do, there are ways to track levels of high vibration. Like I, am even shaking with love. Like my, I, I, there's a, there's an app on the phone. You can, you can test the, the vibration level of the phone if it's, no if it's vibrating. And when I'm really high, yeah, I'm, my, my hands like, yeah, some mushrooms will help that. But like, I mean, basically like if you're vibrating with love, you can be vibrating with hate, be tremoring with hate, you can also be vibrating with love. And if you're in a love state, then it is not powerful to track that shake, love shake. So yeah, the, you can track God, but that's not what it's about. The game is healings. 
first of all, transformations that you can affect. But more importantly is, I mean, just to rest in a state of joy that you contributed somehow today and you connected somehow today with somebody. So, like, to not need every day to have the most miraculous healings. Like, respect God by being content even when God is not necessarily smiling on you like crazy. Because God is there. Sometimes there's clouds in the way. So you have to be able to let the clouds yeah. pass. Let me add one more dimension in that because I hear what you're saying and I agree with you, what you're, what you're saying. I agree it's not about measuring per se. And I think we're both aligned that this stuff is good and focusing on this kind of stuff is good. It increases your love, which is good for you, good for the world. There's another dimension, which is the yogic concept of burning karma, right? If you see yourself as in cycles of karma um, based on, you know, it, it's tied to astrology. I don't really understand all the dynamics of it, but the point is like, how do you escape that, that karmic cycle? Um, karmic cycle? So, well, that's just people who die. <laughs> people, everyone who dies is going through a cycle. You could say. I mean, it's hard to prove, but yeah, when their vibration dies, they leave an impact on the world. It gets, you know, when also when you're born, you soak up a certain vibration. Like, it's hard to prove all that karmic rebirth shit. But in a day, if you're dying, you're going through a cycle. But if you're at a state of vibratory health that you're vibrating with light and you're maximizing your sun worship, which is the highest possibility. I'm just telling everybody, like, that at the very peak, you live in a warm place <laughs> and you respect the sun like fucking crazy. And, and not everyone's been so clear. No spiritual gurus have been so, so clear so about it. So let me it, ask though. it this way. What do you think is the best thing for, your pers to, for one's personal growth? To schedule times of prayer and, think, and, sharing, and, and connecting with family and to feel the ritual grow in, in those times and, and to commit to the feeling getting better and better. Because the first time you try talking with your family once a week as a FaceTime, look, I line it up before my meal if I'm like having like a burger, a meal by myself, and I'm like, you know, I line up a fam chat and I have my first drink with my fam member. You know how much more sad it would be if I like forced the drink by myself, like with my phone? No, like I toast with my family to the day, the, the progress, the stories, what I can share. So I think more people scheduling time in their week to toast their first drink with family and like, be forgiving and be fun and, and just enjoy sharing a drink together. The FaceTime and the first drink with fam can change the world, man, because it makes it fun. But, like, look, you don't have to drink necessarily, but it's good to schedule these times and realize it gets more and more fun. Like, the more and more the ritual builds. Like, it's so fun with my sister now. We've Now we're going on, like, three, four years. But, like, you know, there's, like, a certain respect of that night is, like, kind of, like, dedicated to the family member in a bit. Like, it's a big part to know that you're secure in that connection. So, like, the four C's are powerful. Maybe I'll share this here. It's like the four C's are uh, cleanliness, first of all. Cleanliness, no mornings, whatever. Control, and that's your workouts. Controlling how you feel. And that's why Frankie Ruiz said it. Like, what he loves about running the most is that it makes, he loves the control. That he can control, you know, how he feels with endorphins after going a certain distance. And so... The control is the workout. The cleanliness is how you, you know, tidy up and make sure that you, your place is a temple. Now, what's important is the contribution, number three. And that is, yeah, you have to be served. But guess what? You can contribute to the world financially all you want. But until you feel like you're contributing to your community 
to your family, to your friends, that you're hosting, you're finding a time in your week to host. Until you do that, you don't, you'll be insecure. You can have all the money in the world, you'll feel insecure about your contribution. Until you start hosting and inviting and, and caring for your family and friends and neighbors and community. So that's what I've discovered, is like how powerful that is. So like, I feel rewarded off my contribution, even if it's just a small hosting of friends. Very, very rewarding to my soul. Now the last one is connection. That's number four. Connection. That's the hardest one. That's the one that leaves us disappointed half the time as human beings, craving a connection. So I have a great connection with God in that I pray to God, talk to a lot, out loud to God a lot. I look at the sun. I kiss the sun. I'm in love with the sun. There you go. That's the peak. That's what you want to reach. But to get there, it's a lot of opening your heart in small ways by scheduling some time for it. You know, And every yoga teacher, any yoga teacher who hears this, please, for me, integrate a camel pose in every single freaking workout. <laughs> the heart opener, so fucking powerful. Sorry. Like too many yoga classes omit this special pose. And the heart opener, some people can be dizzy. If you're you can almost identify how much an ego needed to be freaking cracked open because of how they feel after a heart after a camel pose. Like I feel amazing. But like true, it does make people dizzy. But like it's good. Like mm. opening your heart is good. So let every yoga teacher incorporate that and say, hey, give respect to the heart, Simba. <laughs> but no, like there's little things like that. And and that's what I told my life was like, it's the littlest things that make everything. Because like, what I've reached is actually a slowing down of life to the point where I have very specific sources of information. And I'm actually undergoing complete information like detox from what the average human being yeah, like experiences. I'm things. talking about, I have my morning sources. I have my certain checks to the birdie house. <laughs> but like... Oh like stuff so Instagram or, or yeah. texts, but like very not very not often do I and usually I go in there oh, with yeah. a purpose to share. I spent years I go in there with a purpose to share. At the news. But the information overload is half of what causes the aging. Do you know that? So information and stress overload causes yeah. aging. Information and stress overload. So what you can do is minimalize the noise in your life. Make it all with purpose that you have. So now I've I used to put the T V on in the background more sports. But now no. Like we it used to be on with the sound, and I would care a bit. Now, then it was off with the sound. It was on with the sound off, and I was like, "Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll care about the score." Now it's completely off. It's <laughs> like I don't have time for games. You know what I mean? Like you also reach a point of not really playing as much games because <laughs> you don't like the whole losing thing. <laughs> like God doesn't like to lose, so that's why God doesn't doesn't bet, dude. I'm very happy I hold the hell off on a bet with my bros, like for the Pats on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving night, the Pats. I was tempted to bet again, but now I say no more betting for me, man. <laughs> they lost, of course. <laughs> but anyway, like, look, it's fun to know that there's something to strive for, right? And I'm not saying like, you know what? I am saying, what you know what? I am for? what my lifestyle. If I if I published all of my workouts, what I eat, what I do, and you just drove to be a little bit like me, it would do a lot for you. It would do a lot for you. And I think that's a little the reason I haven't shared it because no one asked, no one's wanted. And I'm not someone who goes, you know, shouting about myself. Matter of a fact, like for What's all my, your, what, how would you describe your goals? Is just to connect with with God more. I'm good with God, dude. No, we are well, angry at the people to... not sharing respect or money to the to, to 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 you know. Me and my grandparents talk every Friday morning in my bed in Shavasana. We get to chat, and it's amazing. Guess what? They made me realize, like, yeah, America cares about defending the world 
and, and defending democracy, sure. I mean, most of all, defending national security with a ridiculous budget. We care deeply, and the world knows this. And they do see us as a shining beacon of freedom and, and justice. Yes, America, justice. But my, my grandfather was like, you know, when it comes to humanitarian efforts, for all your power, you could do more. And he's not wrong. Like, humanitarian-wise, we could do a lot more. And that's where I hope to open people's hearts, is to humanitarian efforts. And the little ways, and from Miami Beach, how can someone like us help the world? Well, there's prayer, which I help to help every human being learn to pray better. But there's also, yeah, I think the whole tithing thing. So guess what? When people stop going to churches, and even I don't go to any specific church every week, right? So you're all absolved, right? Well, guess what? You stop going to church, that's fine. Do you find a time to be alone with God, meditate? Sure, most people found that in their day to find a time with God, sure. Um, you know, like, do you shake hands and love your brother? Like, a lot of people are very friendly and, and, and love God, sure. But are you tithing to something specifically? Are you giving 10% of your income to charity? Or is it a once-off, oh, it's Give Miami Day, I'm in the mood. But are you actually every month donating 10%? Even me. In, in my yeah, tough times and all, I'm not. So well, I'm saying is, not enough people are yeah. doing the, char the charitable giving. I'm saying that alone can cascade, especially if the money and resources are used well. So what I'm saying is and, and too much of the world has stopped going to church, but not only that, they've stopped tithing or giving that little bit back. That's not just the taxes and the roads and the schools. No, but it's actually the rest so of the I world that needs help. I wonder what's more important, the dollars or like the energy? Because we're in this kind of situation in the world where there's so much money in the world. I mean, you just look at the U.S., right? Like we have the world's most powerful economy. I don't know what we're up to, 25 trillion right. or 30 trillion or something. We have so much poverty and so much suffering. There's probably... I, don't quote me. Do you know how this. many rich people are not opening their hearts? They're just going on on their constant little terrain. Is it about opening their wallets or opening their hearts? Their wallets can help so much, dude. You know well, how, yeah, look, look, even doubt, me, look at me. Look at me. How much do I actually what comes first? Hey, hey, what comes first is the money. Yes. But they have to open their heart in order to open their wallet. Well, I'm, that's why I bring prayer. Like, there's uh, there's ways to pray and integrate that donation. So, let me, look, I have so many ideas, but one of my ideas is a charity app where whatever, whatever like five you click select, they actually send you stories. It's like an Instagram. Imagine an Instagram just for charity. And where you go in and there's stories of these charities where you can see how your money's been helping. Hmm. Like you get oh, to like you get it. to like whenever you're feeling down or anything, like yeah, you can go check out your bouquet of flowers and compliments or whatever. Like I don't first of all, I never I don't get much compliments. But like cool, I'd rather go into an app and see the effect that I'm having with my charitable dollars. And that's the adrenalism app. So we can make that together hmm. if you want. But like Someone's got to make that app to make it a little more interesting to donate. So, like, my dream for Magic School Bus, which is what takes the kids on field trips and from inner cities and it exposes kids to travel and, and excitement for reading that can transform their vibe. And my dream is that in every town, it's the professional sports players that actually sponsor these buses to go and visit places. And they know that their bus is sponsored by, you know, LeBron James or whoever, you know, like, it's like they get to be excited, and maybe even the star can just send a video to the kids. You know how much that would uplift a star to have, have an app where they can see all the kids' smiles that they help manifest with their charity? So I think the charity can get more personable. I think we all can get better at opening our sunflower and praying. And I think we can open the pocketbooks. Guess what? And all, the prayer is great and it's important, but the pocketbooks is like, that's, that's where action happens. Like, that's where stuff hits the road. Like, Buses, kids are going places. Like it's no longer just a bunch of prayer. 
It's kids are going, it's, it's action happens. And that comes with opening the heart. And so we haven't been tithing because no one's been collecting well enough. And so like, here it is. Guess what? Every religion I, or here's my favorite quote. There are many ways up the mountain, right? So whatever your ethnic beginning, wherever you were born, whatever you were learned when you were young, that's beautiful. That's part of your story. That's your way up the mountain. That's where you were placed around the periphery of the mountain. That's where you were born. Guess what? There are many ways up the mountain. But at the top of the mountain, we all respect each other, no matter where we started on the periphery of the mountain. So at the top of the mountain is, this, I'm calling it adrenalism. And it's a philosophy of celebration of all these religions, right? So we find times to integrate respect for them in the year, in the calendar. So if you really respect all of this, then you can tithe to the kingdom of adrenalism that you believe in, that you're part of. And so it's at adrenalism on Venmo. If you want to send a surprise Venmo now. <laughs> it's my pitch, dude. Like a, that comes from the word adrenaline? Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll share this. My dad doesn't really listen, I don't think, but like, it's funny. I asked him that. He's like, you know, I pray for you a lot. I was like, yeah, I know. Like, how do you, how do you pray, dad? What do you pray for exactly? He's like, you know, for your job situation, right? For more stability with money, right? Like, it's, you know, it can be on and off. And yeah, it's, it's true. There's been a lack of respect and an enormous, egregious lack of respect. And so my dad feels that, you know, he's like, what the hell? My son's like, still doesn't have money. He's not respected, whatever. Like, you know, I'm, I'm living, living like a true, like a true service worker. What am I serving? But it's prayer and love in my book and it's going to change, whatever. But like, yeah, I can be insecure about my money all I want. But yeah, there's been a lack of respect. Anyway, that's going to be solved soon. But he also prays for my mental well-being. <laughs> and I think that's hilarious because I consider myself one of the happiest beings on earth, right? But I'll share it. Like, yeah, I've been, like, classified bipolar. You know, like, I, my parents put me in a mental hospital when I was younger, like, I, because of how happy I was. Hmm. Because of how happy I was. That they didn't think it was safe for me to be so happy. Happy with love of God. So, like, seriously, like, that's why I went to a mental hospital. So, like, I mean, anyway, anyway, like, th this getting serious stuff, but he also prays for my conversion. Isn't that, like, he prays for my conversion to the Catholic faith. Oh, nice. And I'm like, Dad, I freaking read the Bible every morning. Like, like this has become, like, what I enjoy the most is to, like, listen to Bishop Barron's Sundays, like, do his Sunday about John the Baptist, which is, like, you're, you could be John the Baptist, but it's, like, it's so hilarious. It's kind of like speaks to my heart. Like if you watch that video, you'll be like, "Yeah, Simba was getting off to this." Like it's like so synchronicitous. He even like quotes like French stuff in there. Like it's like it just vibes. The Baron, I don't think he knows yet, but like like a lot of people, they've been vibing with Simba without knowing it because it's just like a vibration in the world, and we're all vibing on it. I'm vibing on the readings of the Bible that are being worshipped by millions of billions of people out there, and so we're all vibing together. And it's funny to watch it work the synchronicities of miracles watch let's lower our standard for what's a miracle to like a funny synchronicity that is m less likely than pure chance and that we're like wow the world's beautifully designed this is awesome i'm in awe let's lower our our standard for miracle to beautiful synchronicities and then then we live in a joyous appreciative state of mind so that's where i'm at and that's called a sync rate and when you get really high your sync rate you start to work sinks everywhere. Cause like what? Like I watch the, op I have my planets revolving around me, right? I watch the office. I watch everybody else Raymond. So those episodes and storylines start to play out in my life because of how committed I am to that material, that piece of media in my life. That's how limited my information intake is that I'm free to play about in my story of life to this caviar little appetizer of media that basically sets the stage for like fun synchronicities in my life. So like, that's what we can all reach is that point. But there's three steps. The last thing I'll share, there's three steps to consciousness. The first one is the words, the word of God, learning books, 
you know, reading a lot as a kid, just being very studious, being very curious, all very, very important stage of consciousness, right? Next stage, travel, sacraments, the sacraments of God, discovering what you really love, not feeling like, like fish out of water, like you don't belong, finding where you belong in the community, but also finding what you love, finding what cultures you appreciate, overcoming the judgmental view that happens when you don't have enough exposure to culture and stuff. So like travel is the next stage of consciousness, very important. But when you've traveled enough, once you start being a little bit older, third stage is charity. You start actually caring for the world a little bit, right? And that is where I'm at. And that's where nothing makes me happier than to keep my life of words and sacraments. That's my rock, man. Like mm -hmm. the, what I read in the morning in bed in Shavasana, like I need a prison cell. And I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there reading my, my favorite readings and I'm doing my yoga. And shit, it's practically noon already. And I've just been in a state of love and, and yoga and ecstasy. I could do that anywhere. Like, the more you minimalize what you need out of the world, the more you conquer the world. Like, you start to rise up. Because you don't need as much from the world to be happy. You're happy with the little interactions and the jokes that you saw in it. So you slow down everything. And that way you get the power from that. So charity work is really reaches you when you really don't want nothing to change in your life. You just want to be the Vishnu preserver of your life. So like I am the preserver of peace. So like, if there's a noise in this building that I don't like for too long, I, I put my attention on it fully. It usually go, <laughs> it goes away. Or sometimes it was a kid I was crying. The kid just wants attention, right? And I'm not going to let it annoy me like for too long. It's like really loud. So sometimes I'll walk and every time I walk over there, he stops before I even go <laughs> in. But like if he ever was to keep crying, I would knock on the door. Yeah. Because guess what? I'm the preserver of peace. That's right. And so that's why I just want to preserve my lifestyle. And there could be a couple upgrades in relationships for sure. <laughs> but like overall, like I just want to preserve it. And that's when God sends you the power. Yeah, I mean, when you just want to help living, the world with the excesses you know, of what you have. It's interesting, man, because we're living in interesting times where there, there's so much wealth. And, you know, I've been thinking a lot about like masculinity and drive. And there's like this huge problem in this, in this country and in the world as well of like a lack of drive, you know, with COVID and everyone's on the screens and blah, blah, blah. You, you guys know the story, right? Like everyone's addicted to screens and sure. sugar and video games and blah, blah, blah. Right. And, and it's, it's kind of like, it's having an impact on, on both men and women, but just to talk about the, the men's side for a second, it's, it's crushing, crushing men in a lot of ways. And it, we live in a strange time where we don't really understand what it means to be a man. Do we just get really aggressive and more physical or yell at people if we're more verbal or like what, you know, how, how do you do more? It's, it's not neat, but, but how to be a man. Oh, I was going to, I was thinking about well, making that my book title, but no, like it's it going to be the Simba guy book. But like if men read my book, yeah. they'll figure out how to be a man. Guess well, what? Let, me, let me, let me tie one more thing. And yeah, I'll sure. hand, it, hand it to you because you brought up, I mean, it is, we could talk about the masculinity thing as well. Cause I think it's fascinating, but I wanted to tie it into what you said, which is um, being a preserver. Because we're in this really strange time of like, and I'm facing it myself, like, do, do I care enough to go back to like, try to make more money? Like, do, like, for what? Like, I can live on like, not that much. Like, what is it? What does it matter? Right? And we live in like, such an abundant country. It's like, what's the point? If there's enough wealth to just pay your bills? What does it matter? Like, what, what are we what are we chasing after? You know, and on some level, you have to kind of go for the internal stuff, right, of relationships and spirituality. And we're the first generation in history to be in that position. 
I mean, our our parents' generation may. Our parents' generation, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think they were in that position. I think they had a lot of social pressure, to work, and they kind of had to work. Where this, and you see it in Miami. I mean, you see it in Miami. And what's strange is like you would think that the people in Miami are rich. It's very strange. Like of all the people I know in Miami, most of them don't really work that hard. They don't really care. They're not careerists. Like I come from like more the New York DC thing. All right. Well, look, look, look. Around like, the Islander, sun, love, ocean culture, it, yeah. you can work. You lose a bit of your your work drive to like. Yeah. Guess what? Yeah. That's okay. Where's the that's balance? okay. Like, like what, what do you? So where's the balance? Like how, how the balance is this? in your happiness and how you sleep, man. Like yeah. if you're sleeping well, you're contributing enough, and don't feel bad about it. You have all you need. Sleep is the true test of everything. It's the true determinant of everything. So, look, it's you, there's no there's no better standard than how you sleep. And if you're not sleeping well, then come to me. <laughs> like, basically, guess what? People in Miami Zoo, a lot of them do sleep very well. And guess what? We have we're so healthy here. You could say we're blasé. I we don't care right. and we don't I work hard. Right. Guess yeah. what? Maybe uh-huh. we're just experiencing the next level state of consciousness, which is a little less stress on our body, a little more happy state of mind, a little bit less neediness, a little bit, uh, yeah. I don't think we were meant, designed by God, to work for 40 hours a week to a desk with a boss looking over our shoulder. No. I don't think that's how human beings were born to live. So there's people who will rail against that, but that's just how it was. And guess what? How can you say with our population growing on Earth that that's even needed? And how can you say with all the efficiencies of AI or just like innumerable efficiencies that make it our world more efficient now that why do we have to work the same if we're more efficient? Why should we work the same amount? Like what's the yeah. point of texting our bodies for the sake of more productivity, more progress? What you want, we're reaching a point of our, of, of our world is, is too, uh, I mean, it's, we're filling up. We need to stop filling so much. So like that's where we need to like reach a certain peak of our population and start coming down and chilling and the down part is well people are gonna start living forever i mean that's gonna take a while for it to catch on but like anyway like overall like especially people living forever you know i don't know it's, it's not everyone has to have a kid right so like it, it would you could see the population like decrease a lot but um anyway like we need to stop focusing too much on our insecurity we have so much insecurity. People have so much insecurity about how much they have. Wanting, wanting more and more and more. Better, better job. Better this. You ask, so I one guy, how do you need any healing or any improvement in your life? He's like, oh, uh, motivation. I need to take this course so I can get a better job, better paycheck, better, better get a raise. But like, more, 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 more. I mean, like, okay. At some point, like, it's just empty. You're never going to be happy, right? So like, you have to sort of focus on what you've designed, what you've learned about yourself. So that's where the spiritual stuff comes in. And so. Not everyone feels a calling to go focus on their spirituality. Sometimes because of that world of status and money and improvements can be so uh, encompassing. It can be intoxicating. It can take all your attention. It's a game. You're, you're hooked on the dopamine of rising the social ladder. It's the truth. So I'm someone who's so disrespected with whatever I share on social media having like zero likes. I, I don't give a shit anymore, you know, like. And that's what's beautiful is like, I don't give a fucking shit. And I know people who don't respect, they're just going to get blocked. And then whatever. Like, but at the end of the day, like, it's, it's kind of sad that I have to like resort to that. But, you know, hopefully it'll change soon. I, I think God just 
God has to be respected at some point. And so what do I cry out the most for? Is an end to the apathy of God. So I think what we've fallen into spiritually is like you said, like the la-di-da, tropical, everything is cool, whatever, smoking vibe. But we're so, forgetting, so hey, hey, let me finish. Yeah, we're forgetting God, something. we're forgetting charity, we're forgetting generosity, we're forgetting prayer, we're forgetting how high we actually could be in a state of love. If we've learned from Simba how to meditate and shit. Yeah, you guys are missing out on what you could be doing with Simba. <laughs> you guys are all missing out. And you guys are being fucking retards, I'm sorry. But guess what? There's a time for everyone to learn. And so look, Jesus was a lot more pissed off than I am. Jesus was railing, flipping tables everywhere. Like was he was pissed <laughs> off half the time. He was a little more sexually pissed off. Just, yeah, he was not Simba, you know. So like, that's <laughs> the truth, okay. But like, at the end of the day, I'm not pissed off half the time. But today, I was really, really pissed off, more than I've been in my entire life. And then at some point, they come protesting the injustice against women. Like, there's an injustice against the Son of God as well. I'm yeah. serious. And like people will feel it, you know, like, look, at the end of the day, what I've discovered is how powerful you can feel with your neighborly love. Because like, I don't have any more audacity and, and courage to say what I'm saying, other than I just hosted my bestest friends and neighbors. Like, that's what gives me the, uh, the, the swagger to say this kind of thing. Because mm. that's what you're most powerful in doing. If you can befriend your neighbor and feel that closely with them. Like, we haven't even mountaintops mounted yet. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, there's there's another paradox about Miami, which is, like, there's so much drugs and sex, but in some sense, it's... it Because it, it, my question is, like, to what extent is Miami really spiritual? Right? Like, is it really spiritual? Everyone's like, there's a lot of narcissism, there's a lot of drugs, there's a lot of sex, there's a lot of... Define spiritual. Ayahuasca. Define spiritual. Look, you know, like, are there people like, going to a lot of temples and places of worship? No. Are there people meditating a lot? I think so. There are. Are there people doing a lot of yoga? We have best free yoga community in the world. Like, like yeah. shout out to Utopia. Like, guess what? Spiritually, if you define it by the free available classes and the amazing workouts and the amazing opportunities to meditate and the amazing winds and the amazing ocean love and, and health. So we're vibrating spiritually. We're yeah. spiritually alive. Yeah. Drugs can only help that sometimes. <laughs> but guess what? It's all about balance and it's all about respect. And guess what? Sun worship here is the highest possible form in the world. So that's why I'm here. I'm a, I'm a master artist of sun worship. And of course, I place myself right here. So look, spiritually, we are very strong. But, but it depends it, how yeah. you define it, man. Yeah, no, I think you're right. No, I think it's, I think you pointed out some, some stuff that. It's all about vibrations, man. Throughout all the, the, the ideas you might have had of what defines spirituality. Because but, but the, the, but then, like, I mean, I don't know if there's a point in asking this, but then, like, are you you're from Boston? I live in Lair, most you're of my life. I was going to use Boston, but I don't, I don't, I'm not bringing it up because you live there. I'm just, this is the first city that came to mind, but, like, we could use a different city. But in Boston, for example, or wherever, Chicago, New York, whatever, you know, are they, are they not spiritual then because they're not living this Miami? No, no, like, no, 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 no. How but do you assess it? No, there's just a certain level of vibration possible here because of the sun and the ocean. It's very simple, man. Like, <laughs> blue skies. Look, 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 I'm someone, I can barely stand it in a couple of days somewhere where it's overcast. Like, that's how sensitive I am. Hmm. So, like, I, I will, like, practically curse God after three days. Like, <laughs> like, it's like, I'm telling you, like, 
I like blue skies a lot and the sun and, the, and I'm like stuck here. And in January, I go to Puerto Rico because it's warmer and, and here it's too cold. So like, like there's a peak and it's called the Band of Prosperity, 70 to 85. And you're never cold and you're never too hot if you stay indoors during the peak sun time. And so there's also blessed opportunities in the winter for sun gazing. Like I'm, the sun, in the summer is chaotic and it's hard to focus on the right time and it's so strong. In the winter, Miami, in the Caribbean, the sun gazing? Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> I'm so fucking lit from that shit, man. And I got other people to do it today with me. So I'm even more lit now. So anyway, like, if they're not as lit in Chicago and New York, no, they're not. But can they be going to church? Can they have a high spiritual vibration? Can they be doing oming classes? Can they be still amazing? Yes. But why have all the spiritual gurus pretty much come out of like warm, like Mediterranean-like places? But not Florida. <laughs> um, Miami in the winter, dude. It's not far out from Israel, man. Like, like I'm telling you, like I'm sorry. Like in India, we were talking about this at dinner. India. I the reason really India like... is is so populated and and that just means they you know they proliferated in, in sexually and, and with the diversity of food and everything like but also people will say one of the most spiritual places on earth and there's and there's pictures of krishna everywhere well guess what that's because of the climate <laughs> like it's a warm place a lot of sun there like i'm sorry like so these things matter like the sun matters like if you're living somewhere cold right now and you listen to this are you saying oh I don't live somewhere spiritually good. Guess what? You can still design yourself and, and change 95% of everything that matters. Yeah, the 5% little turbo boost from living in the peak possible place, it could be more than 5%. It's a lot. But don't, don't beat yourself up for not having it. Just plan to live here someday. Or plan to live somewhere else warm. Like, there's lots of coastlines to develop. Like, anyway, like, yeah, it's, it's a little bit rude to like brag about our sun and our, and our winds, but like, our Basel, like half the reason people are lit is yeah the art, but like the winds and the, the weather is so good. So yeah, we do have to brag about it a little bit, but like anyway, we don't want people too many people overinflating anything either. But like at the end of the day, yes, sun does matter. So hey, you can find a time wherever you live to appreciate the sun more, and to kneel and pray to it and open your heart and yeah, like, I think just prayer to the sun. You don't have to live in Miami to pray to the sun. Let's tell you that. All right? So it's going to be universal for all. You can be in Russia and learn to value that little prayer you say to the sun. So why not pray to the sun? It's a focal point. It's a Eucharist in the sky. It's giving you photons, giving you energy. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get why no one else ever said this. Hmm. All right, we're going to close out soon. Usually we do a whole, like, biography. But like, no, not. This is like a, this is like a speech. Like a, yeah. yeah. So, like, what about you? Would you like to share with a world that makes you quirky, makes you a character, makes you fun? What do you think uh, is your gift to give the world? Well, you know, I've been like kind of debating that. I mean, I um, I don't know, man. Like, I've had it on my mind to get into podcasting for some reason. Like, I, I just really, I'm curious to kind of uh, talk to you after this and see what you thought and, and maybe listen to it and. Um, Dude, there's a untapped know. potential for all of us to just podcast. Like, what are we doing? But hey, we also minimize the effort here. And like, like these little clip-ons, it's ridiculous how like yeah, the quality can get better. But like, sorry, the experience doesn't get better. We just like boom, click, click, boom. Yeah. So, look, 
anyone can do. Like, first of all, this was not a planned podcast. You were in town. You were like by yourself over for Chile. But like, good. Like, we had a good time. And guess what? Like, this was very impromptu. But like, it's fun that I'm going to be able to be like, oh, my closest friends and fam will probably listen to this. So it's special to me. I'm going to send it to them. Guess what? Not everyone in a family is going to make a podcast. But like, what if just one person in every family made a podcast and everyone listened to it? Hmm. Wouldn't that bring the family together a little bit? Like, it would. So realize there's space in the world for everyone in a family to make a podcast. Because guess what? It doesn't. I've been thriving on like very few listeners <laughs> to this point. I don't give a shit. I love just sharing. Be, so I could be I love a sharing. changer. If I'm it saying, spikes after this, I mean. I mean, it'll spike someday. I don't give a shit because I don't want nothing to change because I'm a preserver. But guess what? This is something I share to my family, and, and I enjoy their feedback. So I'm saying you can lower the bar that low where all you're really doing with the podcast is sharing the fun conversations you've had and challenging yourself to come up on stage and activate some adrenaline in your brain. That's right. You get that little awesome drug in the brain, adrenaline, gets you going. You're on stage, <gasps> fight or flight. Yeah, that's the adrenaline that people miss out on if they don't pray or share right. And that's what I can teach them. And that's why it's called adrenalism. This council at the top of the mountain, adrenalism. That's what people can Venmo, add adrenalism. So I'm actually going to share this one on YouTube, too, because we got, we got the canvas back up. We got the swagger back. I got pissed off that there was no respect. And then I go to South Point. You could not film more respect than the one I got there. Like, just like the fringe and the hugs, just so awesome. Like, how can I be pissed off? But I still was a little bit. But then I get my, my neighbors coming through, like surprise guests. Like, how can I be pissed off after all this? Like, but still, yeah, there's been a lack of respect from certain people. But like, at the end of the day, you know, I think it's petty, but I think it's petty. But uh, hopefully it'll stop, stop soon. And at the end of the day, I think we're focusing on sharing more. So, like, I challenge, my last thing is I challenge you, if you're listening, to design some holiday rituals into your December. I actually believe December is a very important time of the year to have experienced death in the meaning of experiencing rebirth and death in your life as a cycle and saying, die and become born, baby Jesus, in whatever way, you know, like, like experience a little bit of rebirth. And guess what? There's no better way to do this than a three-day fast with Simba. So I actually am promoting this. I do these four times a year, and it falls the week after our Basel, or the week, you know, you give it a week afterwards. But it's the 11th to like the 13th, and a three-day fast will, calorie fast at least, will slow your metabolism down and help you uh, reduce aging or, or even reverse it and also heal any inflammation, anything on your body that might need anti inflammatory help a fast will, will be something you can dedicate so everyone dedicates the fast to something so like i'm being serious about this sharing this episode to people who are in miami who could partake and so we're gonna have a big whatsapp group and we're gonna organize people caring about the fasting because why this this science of slowing your metabolism down to also get inward and reach levels of clarity that you might not have reached in a while about the way what you might need to change but it's a very powerful thing. And um, it's one thing I always ask myself, like, okay, you could say animals are conscious, right? They don't have egos. They don't have thoughts. They don't have language. They don't have writing. So they don't have the thoughts in their heads. So they're in the now. So the uh, cow is as much in the now as Simba, maybe you said, right? What does Simba do to live forever? What does Simba do different that they don't do? Do the cows sun gaze like Simba does at the right time? Do the, do the cows... Ohm and, 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 and meditate and have a slow breath like Simba does? No. Do the cows have such a consistent diet that they don't spend any energy on food at all? No. Do the cows, uh, there's many things that I do, and one of the things is the fast. And this is stuff that cows don't do. 
And so <laughs> that's what makes Simba Simba, is the stuff the cows don't do. <laughs> and that's the fasting. So the anti-inflammatory three-day fast, and that allows you to kind of reach this point of rebirth with Christmas. And um, so anyway, like it's a very important time of the year. Challenge all of you to develop some Christmas rituals, and uh, I'll see you guys for Simmas. I'm going to share like crazy. Once, once I get back from Puerto Rico, I share like crazy as like a mountaintop. Simmas? Yeah. It's like a crazy. It happens well, what, in what Miami. You, what do you charge for people to not eat for three days? What do you charge, charge? so that they don't eat for three days? Uh, why, are you bringing money, why are you bringing money into this? No, I, I asked. Honestly, I asked them to just. The first time I did it, I was cheating with all kinds of like fake sugars and like, you know, energy, uh, the Powerades and the, the Weathers original like sugar freeze. Like, yeah. Cheat. The first time you do it, feel free to cheat. Just don't have any calories, like real calories. Like, But like, the more you get commit to it, like anything with commitment, you get better, right? So the more you do these fasts, though, eventually you don't need all the, all the, all the you just don't even need the, the cheats anymore. Like, you're just enjoying it. Like, you've slown your, your metabolism of wanting so much that you're just like always in the now. So it's really a big thing for going in the now is the fastings. So like Jesus fasted his 40 days, right? I'm just asking everyone to do 12 days a year, and over time they'll beat Jesus. Oh no, no! I mean, like, <laughs> they won't die. They won't die. They'll live forever. 